<laughs> We're halfway to Halloween. And if you can't wait that last six months for your spooky fix, then you need to check out Malice Haunted Attraction in Belfast, Tennessee. They're open on Friday, May 13th and Saturday, May 14th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. Their tickets are only $20. And ooh, they're going to have concessions. They're going to have a DJ. And they're going to have my favorite, the last ride casket simulator. <laughs> if you're brave enough, go to MalicehauntedAttraction.com and get your tickets now. <laughs> Stay spooky. <laughs> Everybody, let's get spooky for another awesome, spooktacular episode of the Tales from the Haunt podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks, and he's actually sitting right next to me this time. I'm Jeff. Just Jeff. Jeffrey the Just this week. We did Dr. Jeffenstein last time. Um, Jeff Rotol, maybe. Ah, just Jeff. Just Jeff. We're sticking with just Jeff. But anyway, guys, thanks for being back for another awesome episode of Tales from the Haunt. You guys keep tuning in. We keep bringing you the spooky material that you want. And today's episode is going to be no different. We've got another awesome guest on the line. But before we get to that, we got a couple things we got to take care of. Before we go any further, have you subscribed to this podcast yet? If not, what are you waiting for, guys? We are on all podcasting platforms, Spotify for starters. Go find us on there. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us how spooky you think it is. And from there, share it with your friends. Get this podcast out there, especially if you know people that are involved or that like all things spooky. We got something for everybody here. We're also on all social media platforms, so go like, subscribe, and share. Get the word out and keep up to date with everything we got going on here. And on top of that, too, we're going to take a quick pause for another one of our podcasts from the Gimme Back Our Podcast Network. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and trivia. Not only that, Frank, but you'll find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights, each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So, please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Down. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. And from. And we're back. So guys, before we get to today's guest, gotta give this little disclaimer here. Please remember, the Tales from the Haunt is in no way, shape, or form associated with any haunts or attractions across the United States. Our intention is not to slander or talk ill of anyone involved with these haunts. 
everything expressed on this podcast is solely our opinion or the opinion of the person saying it. However, if any of these haunts or attractions would like to sponsor the podcast, please feel free to check out the show notes because we would love to advertise your events for you. But without further ado, we've got another awesome guest on the line. I got to meet him this season. I didn't get to interact with him that much, but I know Jeff here has a good history with him. Today's guest is Nick Roberts. Man, Nick, thanks for taking the time to be on here tonight. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, of course. Um, so like I said, I, I met you briefly this season. I know like we were never in the same scenes together. You know, I'd see you in the actor's lounge and everything. So, you know, we didn't get to work together that much. So I'm looking forward to getting to know more about your like your journey in the scare acting world and more about what you've done and what you're looking to do going forward too. So this is gonna be a fun time. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited. There's a lot to go over. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, you wanna kick us off here? Yeah, sure. Um, so Nick, take us back to the beginning. Where did, where did your love for all spooky things start? Oh man, fuck. That's a that's a big one. So, um, I actually got involved with the haunt industry, um, whenever I was five. Um, I started wow. like the whole thing started with like my mom and them, uh, like my mom and my stepdad. I grew up with my mom, who was a single mom at the time. Um, she was like horror movie obsessed like halloween was like her her biggest her biggest holiday she loved to celebrate it and so i strictly remember there being halloween decorations up all year round whenever i grew up i never had anything that wasn't scary that wasn't spooky while everybody else was watching you know like the wiggles and stuff like that um i was watching scooby-doo and nightmare on elm street you know so it, it was kind of like a, a big like a, a big um thing for us to to celebrate and then um my first haunt that i actually worked in um i was five i actually got involved um with uh there's a haunted house up in kentucky uh run through jellystone park and um it was like this little like you would go in you could camp out and then like they would have this little mini haunted house you could go through for kids and whatnot and you could go trick-or-treating there and stuff and um they actually my mom was like, yo, you should really get in, you should really go try this out, you know, like if you're if you're really into it. And of course, by the time I was five, like I was already like I was dressing up like Jason, like for for like school events. And mm -hmm. like I was doing all kinds of crazy like like characters and stuff. And so uh, I did. And that was like my my gateway into like into the haunt industry. So, wow, that's, that's kind of how I was raised. <laughs> Man, so. I feel like I'm going to be taking a page out of like uh, my other podcasting playbook and it's not my intention, but like, this is a big question for me because like going from like starting that young and still doing it as an adult, man, like how do you not like get burned out on, on doing this? Like, cause I mean like that's a lifetime dedication right there. How do you avoid something like the burnout or just, you know, like fizzling out on it completely? I think a big part of that, I think a big part of that for me is like, um, I didn't, so like growing up, I didn't have like the easiest childhood in the world. I think like it was, it was really, 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 really rough for me, like growing up. And mm -hmm. I think like a big part of that was like, um, as dark as everything seemed to be, like, I feel like that the horror and like the haunt industry and stuff was really something to where like all things scary to where it painted it to, for me at least. And it sounds like really fucking sick and twisted, but like, for me, it painted it in like this this light, this this light for me to be able to reach out and be like, yes, like at least like I know that like that nobody really understands where I'm coming from because I'm so young and like I'm so into this stuff. 
but like there are people out there it's kind of like like for, for me like heavy metal like i love heavy metal and not everybody understands it a lot of people think it's satanic but mm-hmm. like there is a community out there for people who really love this kind of stuff i think the reason i don't get burnt out on it so much is because of the creative aspect i do so yeah. much like makeup and and costumes and stuff like even whenever i'm not working on haunted houses like you know you can ask anybody that knows me whenever i'm not working on haunted houses i'm still doing something pertaining to the haunted industry and i think it's just because like i i that's all i've ever really known like i i just love it so much it's almost like people who uh who who are addicted to star wars oh, and like they love star wars with a great passion like there's there's a, a big group of people that love star wars and uh i sit here and think man like how do you love something that much? Like, how do you how do you get involved with something that much and just never get burned out on it? And I never really understood that until like I looked at myself and was like, "Wow, I seem like a hypocrite." <laughs> <laughs> I want to say or ask this: How did you go about? I mean, I know you worked at other haunts or have done other haunts stuff um, throughout your life, but what made you want to come to the haunt that we're at today? Um, and I kind of want to use this to segue into my next question that I've got for you. So, um, so what made me want to be a part of the haunt that we are currently at? Um, I think my brother and my mom were a big inspiration for that. Uh, my brother, um, preference that by saying is is somebody who uh, me. I've got two of them, uh, Dalton and Tyler, and uh, um, I met them in like fourth or fifth grade, and like we have been like inseparable forever and uh my my brother's dad's actually tattoo artist he does like horror movie tattoos and stuff like that uh he's he's all into like the horror stuff so me and my brother talked like we we would go to haunted houses all the time like as kids like my mom my my brothers would come up from murfreesboro and we would go visit haunted houses i mean all over nashville i mean every single haunt i've been to every single haunted house in nashville probably a billion different times just as a kid before they got taken over by new owners and et cetera, et cetera. Like I've, I've seen all of it and we would travel from like Murfreesboro and then we'd go to Nashville, Kentucky, we'd go to Atlanta. Like we were traveling everywhere to go to these haunted houses. And this is back before we could even drive. And, uh, we ended up going to, um, we ended up going to nightmare the first year that it was like ever open ever. And, um, once we got there, um, I was like, man, like this is super, super cool. What I love, about it was the um i guess like separation of film and like the separation of film versus tour like you get other haunts where you see your typical like you know like you you, like other haunts kind of like play off of like the jason and freddy's and stuff like that yeah yeah. and like i love the separation of character and so i think i was like man like I, i would really love to work for this place and plus i also looked at it from a sizing standpoint where i was like this is a lot of property and like a lot of expansion that could possibly be done. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I would love to do something. I would love to do something in here. Yeah. And, and then that segues into my next question is you've only been with us for a year, mm-hmm. um, one season. And I, I find it amazingly awesome that you have just taken on a new role at our haunt. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you describe to us a little bit about what that new role is? So my new role up there is um, I ended up meeting, um, you know, like we we just went through like the big change with everything, you know, the new GMs and stuff like that. And we ended up going through all the all the the big, big changes. Um, So what I do now is I take um, I, I take all of costuming, anything costuming. I take care of that, whether it be like design, 
or anything like that i i do all of that so like if oh, they cool. need something made or like if they need to um say like if they need to if they, if they got something that's broken or torn or ripped then i go in and fix it or if they've got like an idea for a character and they want to make something i'm the guy that makes them for them or if they've got something that's not of size then i go in and make it um and for them so anything costuming i either design it fix it or deal with it so that's that's my my role right now that's that's awesome <laughs> and and that's a really cool job to be in too um then mm -hmm. and, and you've got two people that I assume you're working directly with, that would be Haley and Langley, um, mm -hmm. that are really good at what they do in that part of the industry, and you can learn a lot from them. So Yeah, I I work strictly, like, I work a lot with Haley, actually. Like, I've I've worked with Haley more than I have anybody. Um, me and her got together, but um, I think that was, like, a big thing is, like, they they were asking about, like, people who could sew and people who can make. And I think like a big part of the reason why I ended up getting in that position to start with is because I bugged the living hell out of management. I pestered <laughs> them to shit, dude. Like I, I would like, I'd be at their door every single day. And I was like, Hey, don't forget. If you ever need me, call me and I will be here. Like I, like I was at the point where I was like, dude, like I, I I'm not even like, like you don't even have to pay me. Like I will leave my like nine to five job and risk my bills just to come up here if you need my help. Like don't hesitate to call me. That's and they the were like, oh yeah, well we'll call you, blah blah blah. And then I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting a uh, message from Jamie, and uh, he said, come here. So I ended up going down there with him, and he said, hey, so uh, I talked to Brad about you, and he wants to talk to you. And I was like, wait, what? And so uh, that's how like that whole thing got kickstarted. And like next thing you know, they're like, okay fine <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like, that's where a lot of it came from but no so uh i think i've been i feel like i can pull one out of your your phrase book here i feel like i'm hogging the mic for a minute so now you're good do, dude do you have anything that you want to ask Flynn? man i'm well truth be told i'm learning like so much about you and i'm enjoying that aspect of it like it like again i didn't realize that there are so many people that this was their first year there like and I didn't realize it was like your second year there. Like I didn't realize how we we're all still so fresh, but everybody has all these unique experiences. But you know, like again, going back to starting at five years old and being involved that long, where along in the journey did you get interested in like I'm used to this is like in the wrestling world called creative services, but you know, like the costume designs, the character designs, the sewing, the knitting, all that stuff. At what age did you develop, you know, like that skill and that yearning to do that skill? So, um, a big part of like what ended up getting me involved in that to even start with was actually um, my mom and who ended up marrying my stepdad. Um, at, at this point, they're still married today. And um, so, my stepdad just so happened to be a ginormous, I mean, huge, 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 huge film fanatic. And um, at that point, I was already all over the horror movies and stuff. I was mm -hmm. like, I've been like, like my first memory ever that I remember is like going to Hollywood video and, and renting out Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS. Nice. Like that, that was it. And so my stepdad and my mom would get together and watch these movies and they would watch the special features on these movies. They would watch the behind the scenes, how they made the movie, how, how it was created. Oh, nice. And I remember like seeing it and being like, what, what is this? Like, like what, what are they, what are they doing? And they were like, all of the monsters and stuff that you see on screen are not real. 
they're just of course i thought they were real and i didn't really have a problem with that either i was just like you know i was just like oh yeah, <laughs> cool. okay. yeah. these people are real yeah so um but uh no they were like no they're not real they are made by certain people who have the skill set to do so and like i remember i was probably about seven whenever i was like that's fucking awesome like i would love to like that is that's so cool i thought it was so cool how they made this stuff and i remember like i would run around the house dressed up like i specifically remember running around the house dressed up like indiana jones for the longest time and like i was like yo this is super neat like i've got the shirt that looks just like it and uh, um so that's kind of how i got into like wanting to do it um and i think it was probably about whenever i got 10 years old that um my mom who sews knits crochets all that stuff she sends me like you know she literally sends me like uh like little knitted hats and stuff like that every single year for christmas and all that all that kind of stuff um where i ended up talking to her and i was like mom how do you do this stuff and she was like what like sewing and i was like yeah like how do you how do you sew and um she was like well why do you want to know and i was like well I don't know, like maybe I could make something and I didn't really know what I could make, but you know, maybe I could make something. And, um, so she sat down and taught me like literally everything that I know today. She was like, here's how you sew, here's how you knit, here's how you crochet, which expanded my mind to be able to, um, create some of the most like twisted stuff I've ever, I've, I could only dream of creating today, you know? Nice. And then as you, as you've moved into this position now and you have created some of that, like sick gnarly twisted stuff what has her reaction been as she's seen like the skill develop and blossom into what it is now like how has she reacted to some of the things you've created she's like if you fuck this up i'll kill you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's uh, she's she's, like super super supportive man she uh she i remember like telling her about it and she was like like we had this like big talk and stuff like that she was like listen she's like this is like a huge thing she's like this is something that like we've talked about for like years and years and years and years and years about doing this is something that like you've always wanted to do. And she's like, I know that you'll be great at it. And I know that you'll be good at it. Um, she's like, I, you know, really, 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 really want you to keep, keep doing this. She's like, cause this could be huge. And this isn't even something where it's like, you know, like it's, it's a very like small and tight knit, like industry, like, like to where a lot of like 95% of the population today probably doesn't realize how big the haunt industry like legitimately is yeah um and so like whenever you tell people that you work in the haunt industry they're like cool so they you know scare people for minimum wage you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's it's not like that like there's a whole like background of this thing and uh um you know so she she really 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 wants to push to uh to try to support me and like everything that i do and she she's been the happiest i've seen her in a long time because of it oh, i just awesome. wish that she was here to see it like she's you know of course she's not like in my town or anything like that so i i wish she was here to like actually like be able to experience all of it you know what i mean yeah absolutely and that's amazing and like i said i'm just loving learning all this new stuff too like this is like i i'm I'm a fan of this myself so this is awesome yeah jeff i'm enjoying you uh i'm enjoying you controlling the reins here let's get back to it <laughs> i think this is the first time anybody on a, on one of our episodes has actually heard me talk this much so <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what is some advice that you want to give listeners and people that's coming into the haunt industry or people that in the haunt industry for their first season coming up, uh, what would be some advice you'd give to make it a little bit less stressful for them? Um, no matter what haunted house you work at, 
does not matter how small or big it is or does not matter how um, how elaborate it is or or et cetera, et cetera. Um, the biggest advice that I can give people to make it less stressful is stay in your own head and don't worry about anybody else. Because I think like a big thing that's like that's really, really hard for people is acting the way that you have to act in front of these people, knowing that it's such a big thing where they could see some of their friends or some of their family and they'll have to do some of the stuff they have to do in front of the people that they know or love or or anything like that. I think that's like a, a big part of it is stay inside of your own head, inside of your own space. Um, because if you start to overthink it, that's when it becomes like a, oh man, like I'm not gonna be any good at this and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and have fun right. with it, man. Like like really like have fun with it. Just go off with it. You um you hit a note that we done uh, on our episode two weeks ago just now that it's it seems like it's a repetitive thing that keeps coming up is um you've got to be yourself. You can't be you know, you can't be Flynn acting or you can't be uh yuck yuck the clown or you can't be um you know bunny man. You've you've got to be yourself. You've got to find that little inner part of you that and bring that out to be your character. There has to be authenticity to it. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah. I went a long way around exactly. to find that, didn't I? It's and I was thinking of the right way to say it as you were saying it, but I mean again too, it's like I'll I'll relate it to myself, whether it was, you know, voice acting or wrestling, you know, starting out, you see all these other people and you're like, Well, I'm doing what I think a voice actor is supposed to do, or I'm doing what I think a professional wrestler is supposed to do that's a good guy. But then, you know, it's like it becomes so stiff, so robotic and so emotionless that there's not there's no authenticity. There's not that little special flavor that a Nick brings to the table or a Jeff brings to the table. Like it's missing that one key ingredient that is you. And if you overthink it so much or you get nervous, like because you're, you know, like you see your friends that are coming up or you see somebody that came to the house and you're going to, you're not only going to rob them of the experience, but you're going to make it bad for yourself too. And yeah. chances are yeah. they may not even recognize you at that moment because of the scene you're mm -hmm. in, the costume, the mask, the makeup, whatever it is. And that's your chance to escape, too, and break the boundaries for what the normal everyday life is, is like for you. Because that's a chance to have fun and just be a different person and just make an experience for somebody and make an experience for yourself, too. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's another thing is we was talking about your your new promotion, we'll call it. Um, are you still going to be able to be in the houses acting also, or are you going to be behind the scenes doing other stuff now um i still like to get in my fair share of acting um i'd still love to do that i think like acting is a big like a big thing to me whether i'm whether i get to do it you know once a year like um you know just a little bit at a time um i'll still probably be a big part of like the you know the upcoming events and, and things like that um, i'm gonna try to be as big of a part of it as i can it's just kind of wherever they take me um, but I would really, 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 really love to continue doing acting because um, acting is like a huge escape, like for me, you know, I mean, like I like like to touch on like what Flynn was saying, man, like it's 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 an escape. You know what I mean? It, it, it really is. And the reason like for my own personal experience, like I, I do struggle with like a lot of like serious mental health issues and stuff like that. And I, I yeah. do like have a really hard time like trying to cope with that. But I feel like that, like acting and 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 being these like crazy, insane, like out of their mind characters and stuff like that is a complete release for me to be able to be like, okay, now I'm gonna throw all of it back at you. But 
the, the cool part about that is, is a lot of people think, damn, that is a really fucking awesome character he's playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not even have to be a character that you're playing. You know what I mean? It can literally just be you outside like, man, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, this is, and you're, this you're is, right. This is me. Um, so, and, and you're talking about that being you. Like in, in my head right now, I'm, I'm picturing you trying to chop people's toes off with a shovel. yeah yeah, exactly exactly i've had all kinds of wild positions in different haunted houses man yeah and so going back to that too because like you said the acting can be a release for everything had you had any prior acting experience like as you got older you know you did the the haunt at the campground when you were five but you know growing up going through school and everything did you have any acting experience before you started like scare acting as a as a teenager and then as an adult yeah, so uh, actually, believe it or not, uh, I was in musical theater for a long time. Nice, okay. Um, so I um, I was a thespian. Yes, for, uh, my kind in, of in people. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I was I was a thespian for a long time in high school, and uh, um, and after I got out of high school, like I would, and even in high school, like I would go out to some of the like playhouses around town and stuff like that, and audition for some of the shows and whatnot, and. Uh, um, and a lot of it was um, that's where I got like some of my acting experience. I don't want to say I got all of it from that, um, but I think where I got like a lot of like like serious acting, um, a lot of serious acting skills from, and I guess like taking a more like serious like path to that conversation. I think like where I got a lot of serious acting tones was like I had a lot of stuff in my life going on, like all at one time and so mm-hmm. having to portray like a person that is like okay or like a person that's like always good and and stuff like that kind of helps with the like don't break that you know what i mean kind of yeah. helps with that like like play this character you know what i mean um and then like going back to the playhouses and stuff there was a lot of uh there was a lot of times where like um i think like my biggest thing that i I really accomplished was improv over the years because there would be times where like i would get on these stages and stuff like that and people would completely forget what was going on or people would get so nervous because their families would show up and i remember we did um we did a play about queen um and i can't think of the name of it but uh, it was a couple years ago um down at the playhouse in murfreesboro and uh, we did a play about queen and uh, i was a pretty big character i actually played the jackson five and like literally um halfway through the show one of the characters just completely forgets their lines like straight out because their family is in the audience and they eyed them like right there and so um i'm sitting here like well i'm supposed to speak next so like on the drop of a dime you have to be able to like really come up with something that's going to like hint them at their line but Mm -hmm. also like you know not give it away you know what i mean yeah exactly that that little nudge to help them bring them back to yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's where like a lot of my, my acting experience came from. I also think a big part of it, too, is that like uh, I spent a lot of time like um, a lot of time with my brothers and stuff. And we like always we had like a huge imagination and we always like to course, pretend. Yeah. And even whenever like I wasn't, you know, even whenever I wasn't with my family or anybody, I'd be in my room by myself acting like a certain character or doing a <laughs> certain thing. Or I would watch a movie like so many times that I would pick up on their lines and stuff yep. and be like, oh, man, like. I'm going to try to act like this guy, you know what I mean? And so I think that was a big part of it as well. Yeah. And and you're talking about imagination and things like that. Um, I kind of want to go back to your previous response a few minutes ago. We was talking about 
uh, how being an actor or a scare actor takes you out of reality for a little bit. Um, you know, most people, they go to a movie theater or they go to watch a show or they go to a concert and that's their way to get out of reality and get out of the hustle and bustle for just a couple of hours. You know, we get to do that a lot. Oh yeah. Like as scare actors, that is our, that is our way to get away from everything, to get away from life, to, to give us our unwind time, um, Mm -hmm. and take out us some aggressions while we're doing it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think like a big part of like adding on to that is like um going back to like like my my position and whatnot, I think like every job that I've ever had, like I think that is um a big part of I think that kind of set me up to doing different things in the haunt industry as well, like as far as like not only just acting but like doing behind the scenes stuff. Like every like literally every single job that I've had is just set up a little gateway for me to do oh maybe uh maybe a little bit of set design oh maybe a little bit of this maybe a little bit of that um you know like i've i've worked at numerous places and done numerous things and i'm i'm really young so to be able to have as many opportunities and do as many things as i have being as young as i am is like a huge like milestone in my opinion you know what i mean it's like it's like a, for me at least it's like a huge a huge milestone for me because i i have done a lot in my life like and and, and it's all led up to me being able to do what I want to do in the haunt industry, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, on top of that too, it, it speaks volumes to I guess a level of maturity that a lot of people may not recognize either the fact that you want to, like you're so involved and you're wearing so many hats or you're learning so many different skills so that you're this multifaceted like I don't want to call like I don't want to call you an object being like a utility tool or a Swiss army knife almost. It's like a Swiss army knife of the haunt world. It's like, you need somebody here. You can plug in Nick or you need somebody to do this. Here's Nick. Or, you know, like it's, it makes you a well-rounded player that is almost like indispensable because they know if they need something, they can come to you and you're willing to learn that skill. Even like that, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's pretty awesome. And I'm really, uh I'm really like glad I've had the opportunities that I have had in life, man, especially with, like all these different jobs and stuff like, I'm really glad that I did do those, even though like I didn't like most of them or some of them, you know, like some of them were okay. Some of them were like here and there. Some of them were like, okay, you're going to work from nine to five or, Hey, you're going to work from, you know, like two o'clock in the morning to like 11 o'clock at night or, or whatever. And so like some of them were like, man, this is like really fucking miserable. But at the same time, like it really set me up to be able to accomplish the goals that I wanted to accomplish whenever I did get to the haunt industry, because like the haunt industry has been something that like, I've really been working to get into like my entire life. Like it's been like an entire life thing where I've, this is what I've been wanting to do. And I've been pushing, you know, for, for years to be able to do that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like going back to the old saying, you've got to do the grind before you can, you know, do the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the old saying was, you, but you, know. you got to You know, all the chicken scratch you eat along the way too makes you appreciate the chicken salad when you can start eating that. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's one way you can put it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's true, and and it gives you that um, that humbleness about you when you actually get to where you want to be, um, mm-hmm. because you have been through the trenches, you have dug through what you didn't enjoy doing to get to what you wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, in a in a situation like that too, especially as the haunt season starts picking up, you get closer to Hell Week and then eventually Halloween. 
when you're juggling a schedule like that, and like you said, you've had some jobs where you've worked some insane hours. What's it like for you juggling, you know, like everyday life, a job, and then, you know, the haunt for however long it is, especially if it's a hell week situation where you can go like seven days in a row. What's that like for you? Uh, stressful. <laughs> it's really stressful. And I think like, uh, I think like what's, what's helped me is like, I, so like as a kid, um, I never slept. Like I had this huge sleeping problem. Like I literally never slept. I remember like I had like psychiatrists, psychologists, all that stuff. And they would put me on so many different medicines to help me sleep. And they never helped. Like I just uh-huh. never slept. I could go off, like I could go to sleep for three hours and wake up and do the rest of the day perfectly fine. Now, mind you, I'm probably going to be really pissed off whenever I wake up. Of course. But like, you know, like I'm, I, I, I go throughout the entire day and do what I got to do and then go to sleep later. Um, for me, like juggling it, I think like I've gotten so accustomed to it um, at this point that it's, it's really kind of uh, like, okay, here we go with this again. Uh, but I have to prepare myself to do mm-hmm. that, um, to, to be able to do that uh, before it actually begins. So like, say if we are going through something like hell week, mm-hmm. I'm usually like, I go to work and then I'm like, I'll tell my boss whenever hell week starts, I'm like, Hey, listen, um, this is going to be absolute misery for me for the next week. So I just want you to understand that like what's coming, what I'm going to be like in the workplace and like how my attitude is going to be in the workplace and stuff like that. It's still going to be the same as every other day. Maybe a little bit more tired and agitated, but like I'm just gonna go ahead and forewarn you because this is gonna be harsh. Um, and then I'll try to I'll try to get in as much sleep as I can um, during the week. That's probably the the time that I sleep the most is during Hell Week. Um, so I try to get in as much sleep as I can. Um, and I think like hydration is a big part of that too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But as as I was younger, it was fucking misery because like I would have to go in and like I would be going to school. And I would be like trying to juggle school. I'd be trying to juggle, you know, my outside priorities and stuff like that. I mean, there there was a time where, um, uh, going back to my previous jobs, like I used to be a firefighter, um, for uh, for for Rickman uh, Rickman Volunteer Fire Department, Cookville. And wow. so, um, like I was I was on the fire department, but I was also working a haunted house at the time. And so, like whenever we got into Hell Week. And we would end up having to go in and um, we would end up having to go in and, and work every single day during the week. I was doing three things. I was a firefighter and then I was doing the haunted house. And then I was working at a factory called Hutchinson's in Livingston, making car parts for like Nissan. So having to like get on a schedule to where like I never sleep and I also have to work. And then I also have to go out here and act for all these people for like seven, eight hours a day or a night. Um, that's that that was absolute misery but i think like i got really used to it because of um being on the fire department having to be on call all the time and always mm-hmm. having to get up and go um i think that was a big part that really like kind of helped me out as much as i hated it you know <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and i can completely relate with you on that um i mean i know what it was like to work my day job to go and work at the haunt that i enjoyed doing so much going mm-hmm. home getting getting in bed and then the fire tone drops, yep. and you're like, "Oh my god!" My god, yep. <laughs> that's it. Can that I get it, a dude. break? And then, and then, and then, there you go. You're you're up and out the house doing something else that you love doing. I know exactly what you came from on that because I had it happen to me a lot. That's what, yep. man. Yep, it was a uh, it was hard, man, and like uh, 
I think like uh, I think like that was a big part of like I was a firefighter for about two and a half years, almost three years, and uh, um, you know I went through like firefighter one, firefighter two, and ended up joining the search and rescue team and stuff. And so um, I think like the biggest part about like uh, I think the biggest part about juggling that was that like that like I said, going back to what I said, like always being on call all the time kind of get your body used to like uh kind of get your body used to like never sleeping ever like all of the time yeah. um like working a day job and then like even like at your day job you could get like i mean like if for me at least you know, i was in a small country town and so we we had like one one fire department within like a 45 minute radius um and so um i think like um whenever you would hear that tone like i could be at work and i would just hear the tone and then i'm like yeah. I gotta go. And yes. so like and so you'd have to jump out and then like even like even it could be like four o'clock in the morning. And then even whenever you get off call, it could even like you could get an, another call immediately after that. Back you know back. what I mean? I mean like you, you you never know. And so you're always on your toes. And so I think that really kind of set up uh the the let's never sleep at all all the time. Uh the that kind of gateway for me. <laughs> yeah, my my fire instructor, and I'm sorry to all the listeners out there, we're getting off on a little tangent here, but my fire instructor, when I went through my firefighter one class in Bell Buckle, um, he he gave me one of the biggest pieces of advice that I could ever go with, and that was embrace the suck, because it was yep. going to suck, but you love doing what you did. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, Absolutely. it didn't matter if it was three o'clock in the morning; you've been on a fire call all night. That other tone goes off, and you're out the door. Yep, exactly, exactly, and that that was hard, man. Like juggling that and working the haunted house at the same time was, it was it was crazy, man. You know. Yep, yep. Been there, done that, and uh, got multiple T-shirts for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Took some yep. pictures while you were there exactly. too. Yeah, sure. yeah, just a few. <laughs> so, man, this has been such an insightful interview, man. Like, I'm learning so much, like even about you right there too. And it's like. <laughs> Uh, again, too, and I, I, I try not to relate everything back to wrestling, but, you know, it's like the, like you said, you get used to the not sleeping thing. It, it, it's literally like wrestling. You build a callus to it, and then when you get out of that habit and that routine, even if it's for a short period of time, getting right back into it makes it that much more difficult. And I mean, like, yep. God, a job, volunteer firefighter, and then the scare acting job on top of it. Like, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was intense. So um, we we have this trend where we where we ask almost every I think we've asked every guest actually not almost but every guest um, what was your favorite scare from Haunt Season twenty twenty one Oh God uh, favorite scare from twenty twenty one there was a uh, there was a few man I remember like I had one so. For those who don't know, um, picture this. There was like a, I was, where I was at was um, you'd walk outside of this house into this graveyard and you would come around this little bend and I would be like under this little kind of uh, gated facade type thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, people would come around that corner and I would come out with this shovel um, and then I would either slowly creep up behind them or I would come like straight out of the gate running at them. And, uh, um, I think the best scare that I had was um, I was standing on top of a coffin. I wasn't even in the little facade area where I typically am. And I had timed it like perfectly because I I'd gotten so used to my cues that I knew exactly where people were. And every single person that walked through that door 
would stop for like 10 to 15 seconds to stare at this ginormous animatronic that was in the same room. Yep. And they would just stand there and stare at it. And so I timed it. I counted to 10. And then as soon as I counted to 10, I jumped off the coffin and came around the corner and slid on my knees with the shovel. And they like immediately screamed and ran all the way back through like the rest of the entire haunted house. Um, that was hilarious. And then there was another one where this guy came up behind me. I, I didn't scare him on the first go around and they would have to go underneath this tunnel and come up behind me. And uh, he came up behind me and was like posing and taking a picture with me and everything. And, uh, I turned around and like turned my head and literally uh, like the only thing I did was turn my head and he like screamed and fell on the floor and started like crawling away. It was really funny. <laughs> so that was, that it's was the hilarious. simple things. It's the simple things. Yeah. So beautiful. Beautiful, but that's 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 probably my my favorite scares of the of the twenty twenty one season. Absolutely, awesome. I love it, love it. Well, dude, now it's uh it's your turn to have a little bit of fun with us because I mean for almost forty minutes now we've been uh we've been grilling you with questions and now it's, it's your turn. Long. I know, right? It, it's <laughs> flown by again. Same another trend that continues. It yep. flies by and we lose track of time. But it's your turn now to have some fun with us. So. Rule is you get to ask each of us two questions. Uh, we don't know these questions ahead of time. We don't even know who you're going to ask first. All we know is that we're turning the reins over to you, and let's get some spooky questions going. Jeff! Oh, yes. no. Why well, everybody pick me first? I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> what was... Uh... What what made you want to get into this industry? What was your What was your, okay, this is what I want to do? Well, I mean, I really didn't have a, this is what I wanted to do moment. It was, I, when, when I was, before I got into the fire service, I was in rescue work, um, just doing medical and, and, you know, extrication, things like that. And we done the fundraiser, um, for, for the rescue squad that was a haunted house. That was, that was really it. And I just kind of got my taste at it and I loved it. Um, and, and it was all uphill from there i would say downhill but you know it never got easier <laughs> <laughs> but it did get a That's lot more fun it got so much more fun once i got in and and learned the industry um and and that's just you know part of it because either either you love it or it's not for you but as we've said in in previous episodes um what are you waiting for? Get out and do it at least. That way you know whether you love it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then Flynn, like how did you how did you even like how did you go from like wrestling to like working at a place like Nightmare? Like how does that even cause I, I used I'm like I'm a huge wrestling fan too. Yeah. And like I, I love that kind of stuff, but how did you get like from wrestling to like, okay, now I want to be a scare actor? Well, man, truth be told, I, I was thinking of it strictly from a voice acting standpoint. Like at the time, I hadn't I hadn't been pulled back into the wrestling world yet, and I'm thinking, man, like all these voices, all these character voices they do. Like I could use, like I would love to get that on my resume and just you know like build my repertoire and just build myself as an actor. So I applied. And I pulled an old method out of the, uh, you know, out of the voice acting world, submit it and forget it. I submitted my application about two to three weeks after the fact, after I'd completely forgotten that I applied, I get a call from Jamie Lee and it's like, Hey, we want to uh, offer you a job. We've got this, um, 
this interview thing going on uh, the following Monday if you want to come check it out. So I went, and lo and behold, who's the first person that opens the door? It's Langley, and I'd known Langley going back to like 2008, back when I was wrestling with his dad like at shows in Laverne and Murfreesboro and everything, and I'm like... What like what is going on right now? And then I get in the room, and then there's Ott, another guy that I'd wrestled with, you know, like six, seven years earlier than that. And it's just like, how do like what like how does this all keep tying back to wrestling? I'm just here trying to build my voice acting resume, and then they started talking to me, and so I got him, I got him my demo reel, and you know, but then it's like, hey, you know, like you're doing all this other acting too. Like I'd done some Shakespearean stuff. I'd done improv and I'm still doing improv. And they're like, how would you feel about, you know, like being in the house too? And I'm like, why not? Let's have some fun. And then here goes odd. He goes, you know, like, Hey, you need to try out for Q line. I didn't know what Q line was at the time, but he's like, you can, I'm like, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? He's like, you can cut a promo, right? Which is, you know, just having a microphone and wrestling and doing a, a monologue basically on your own. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, just go out there and listen to the instructions and go through the audition. And lo and behold, I did. And here we are now. And I'm like gung ho in it. And I want to I want to be somebody that helps like these newer actors find themselves and find their characters. And because I'm, I'm a shy, introverted person, if you see me outside of this. But, you know, you get to know me and I'm probably like one of the craziest, dumbest people you'll ever meet. Jeff C- no. Jeff's looking at me right here. I've caused riots at wrestling shows, like <laughs> all that stuff. But, you know, it's like I, I'm a very introverted, you know, like loner type of person. But, you know, it's like I want to help these other people get out of their shell and find themselves and find a way to, you know, like let loose on all the stresses they may be carrying around, too. And it's like it all started just because I wanted to build my voice acting resume. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's 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 pretty epic that you uh you came in and was like, oh man, there's like people I've known for like years. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's like weird. That's like the weirdest coincidence, man. It's story of my life. All right, uh, Jeff, um, what do you want to like? Where do you see yourself going with this? Like, as far as like the haunt industry goes, like like is this something that like you want to like continue on? Is this something that like you want to you want to like maybe get more and more involved in, or is this just kind of something that you're kind of like, man, this is just really fun. And I just want to have, have fun with it. Um, well, I mean, I still want to continue with it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, a good friend of ours and a close mutual friend of ours named Barry, um, he kind of put me into the mindset of that. When I hit 25 years in the haunt industry, which I've still got a while to go before I do that, I kind of want to retire from the haunt industry so that I can travel and go to the other haunts. Um, Now, whether whether it be as that I retire as a scare actor or that I move up more in the corporate level so that I can drive around and go and visit all the other haunts that are in the corporation that we're you know that I belong to at the time, whether it's where we're at now or somewhere else. um, It's just it's just I want to. I want to be in the haunt industry, but at the same time, I want to go and enjoy the haunts. Um, yeah. Just to, you know, add that a little bit of extra thing to my repertoire. Especially, yeah. and, that's, and that's strange considering the fact that I never used to enjoy going into the haunts. Um, mm-hmm. 
that that haunting has became that much of my life that I want to introduce my boys to it. Um, and at 25 years of me in the in the industry, my boys will be you know 14, 15 years old, and I'll be able to kind of you know and give them what I enjoyed out of it and maybe get them into it. If that's not their thing, then it's not their thing. But, you know, I kind of want to at least try. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big, I think that like, like what you said right there was like a, a, a big thing that a lot of people don't realize, don't understand is like for us, like once you get involved in this industry and once you get like really going, especially whenever you get settled down with one specific, we have a thing called, and, and everybody knows about, it, we have a thing called home haunts and that home haunt for us is, wherever we find ourselves most comfortable and and the wherever we find ourselves most fitting i guess if yeah, that makes any sense exactly um and so once you find that home haunt you never really like and it's nobody's fault you just never really get a chance to like go out and experience as many haunts as you used to or like experience the what's everybody else doing you know like i like even for me like i remember going to like hundreds and hundreds you know like different haunts all the time but like now it's like man, like you, you, your schedule's so busy. Like, how do you fit that in? You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, Flynn, were you ever like at any point, like has horror and like Halloween and stuff always been like a big, big thing for you or has star Wars just been your whole life? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first off, uh, your mom introduced you to the haunt world. My mom, I don't know if I should thank her or if I should curse her or, just blame my, my if my bank account should blame her for introducing me to Star Wars, but she did that when I was like it was 1997. I just remember that because they brought the original movies back out and re-released them in the theater. But I, there's always been something about Halloween, whether it's been like dressing up or you know when Opryland was the thing down here and they would do the Halloween themes and everything. Like I just remember I still have the photo albums like when I went with my grandparents and they would take the pictures. Like, stuff oh, like yeah. that still sticks out to me. And then there were movies, too, that, you know, like, The Exorcism of Emily Rose or The First Insidious or, uh, you know, The Strangers, the first one, not the remake, but, yeah. you know, like, stuff like that that would just, like, make me cringe and make me, like, make me feel uncomfortable. And that's not an easy thing to do. But, you know, like, just stuff like that that would make me jump and give me that adrenaline rush was like, oh, man, I, I, I love this. And then it's like, yeah. it's picking it apart. It's like, why does this scare me? Or what is it about this that scares me? Like, I just love that deep dive into it because, you know, I get the fight or flight, you know, emotion out of it. And then I also get to do a little deep dive into, into who I am or like why, why that irks me the way it does or whatever it is. But then also too, it's not as big of an impact on my bank account, like a star Wars yeah. thing would be. So, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a win win, but no, it's just, I love the feeling of it, and it's also, you know, like, one of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast, too, is, like, finding out what draws people to these things, like, that, you know, because, Jeff, when you first started, you said you didn't like going through haunted houses. Correct. And then now here you are, you know, like, when you retire, you're wanting to travel and experience yep. it. So, like, yep. what brings people, like, full circle on that and, you know, changes the mindset? That's what I, another thing that really intrigues me is, like, how it affects people. It's so like there. It's just like this. This onion. The more you peel it back, the more you find out about it too. It's it's awesome. Like an ogre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a that's a big thing, man. It's like uh, for me, it probably does affect my bank account more than it should, seeing as like 
I'm always uh, I'm always buying the most ridiculous, expensive horror movie merch that you've ever seen in your entire right, life. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, like I've I've always got like literally I've got life size busts and posters and action figures and I've got some weird weird stuff. So like I I I, I, I respect it. <laughs> yeah. But so. you're also still working on the hot sleeve too. So yeah, that's that's very true. As I'm, I'm, also, I'm also working on the that. Star Wars sleeve and the star wars calf too so yeah. you know it's yep. it's all right there <laughs> so, I've, so yeah. I've got a i've got another quick question for you i know you've already already thrown your quick draw questions out to us but yeah. um I, I know you've been to a lot of haunts in your life but number one <laughs> top bucket list haunt for nick roberts what is it oh that's a good question the, the top bucket list haunt for me Man, okay, that's a hard one because I've done um, I've done quite a few. Man, I I'm always the guy that does the uh, the ones that nobody talks about or the ones that uh, the ones that nobody wants to touch. Because I'm 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 the guy that goes. You know, I hear people say, "Man, they're gonna make you throw up and you're gonna have to eat your own vomit and like like you know they rub shit in your face and like they're gonna beat you up and all this other stuff." I'm the guy that goes. Okay, sign me up. Like, like I, I've done all that crap. I've done some of the most extreme haunts in the world. You know, Fright Nights, Camp Out, Manor, all that stuff. I've, I've been there, done that. Um, wow. so like, I guess like for me, the haunt that I've always wanted to experience. Um, I've always wanted to experience. For, there's a haunt called Fright Night. I'm, I'm blanking on where it's at, but they did a camp out that was like full contact, no holes barred, like 16 hours of just like I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. Um, and so, uh, we did that, but they actually have like a haunted house itself that I've always wanted to go to. And I think like up there with that is Netherworld. I've never been to Netherworld. I've always wanted to go to Netherworld. Um, I've just never had the chance to go to Netherworld. So and I that, think that's, that's that my, close. probably like my top two. That's actually, that? that's actually surprising because that one's close. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very, well, like I've driven past it probably 18 million different times. I've just Same. never had like my. My mom and my stepdad went one year, and I was like, "And you didn't take me? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, like, like, what? Don't the you heck, love man? me? So, yeah, exactly. So that's that's like a, that's a big thing. I think that we're gonna try to make that happen this year, though. Nice. I usually try yeah. to take um, I usually try to take at least one weekend off of um, the like during the haunt season. I try to take one weekend off and go try to visit some other haunts. And so I think this year we're gonna try to jump in another world. Well, and with with last week, last week, well, uh, last year being your first season at our haunt i don't know if you know it or not but we take a trip to netherworld every year as a group yeah I've, um, i found that out the hard way um yeah. because uh i had to work that day uh i was working two jobs and i had to work that day and you have like a call out system at work and uh and i was like dang man i can't take that day off and they were like oh man we're going to netherworld and i was like why does every opportunity to go to this haunted house like just completely slip out of my hand every single time I get the opportunity to go? Damn adulting. <laughs> Had you known what the future turned out for that job now, I bet you would have probably just said, I quit. Bye. See you. I'm out. Yes. I, yes, I would have. Absolutely. I would have just said, nope. But now I'm in a position where I've got a more free schedule. And hopefully for me, like, I think like my end goal is like, I would love to work full time, a hundred percent in the haunt industry. That that's all I ever do. Like, I would love yeah. to make that like my, my full time thing. So yeah. that would be you, awesome. You would, you would be a good one for the industry to have Nick. You really would. <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, man, again, here we go. Like almost a full hour right here. And it's like, it's blinking. You miss it. Like it's gone by yes. that quick. 
Yes, and, I looked at the time and I was like, "You're kidding me!" <laughs> I know, right? Like time flies when you're having fun, and I've learned that too. As you get older, you have kids. Like blink, you know, like they're not babies anymore. So it's like yeah. it, it's 100% truth. And you know, I hope you guys feel the same way when you listen to this. And from the feedback that we're getting, it seems like you are because every time we see something, like everybody's waiting for the next episode. So I'm glad that everybody's liking what we're doing. I'm glad that we get the chance to chat with our friends and bring on awesome guests like Nick and. If you haven't had a chance yet, guys, and this was your first episode, go back in the archives and get caught up. Learn more about me and just Jeff over here. Learn more about Caitlin and Justin and how they found each other at the haunted house and got married, you know, because they met at a haunted house. Love and Spooky goes together. Learn more about Jake Sheffield, you know, like in his time in the military. Like, learn about somebody that served and then got into the haunt world. Nick's story is a unique one. Everybody brings something unique to the table. And there's something here for everybody on this podcast, too. So we're just glad that you guys are enjoying what we're putting out here. And we got a lot more awesome guests to come. So if you haven't already, guys, get subscribed. Go like us on all of our social media platforms. And again, too, after you subscribe, leave us a five-star review because that helps us more than you know. And on top of that, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Help get the word out about this podcast and help keep the momentum going because we want to keep bringing you awesome content. And, you know, outside of that, too, we're just grateful for the opportunity that we get to chat with our friends and you guys get to eavesdrop on it. And, you know, I'm doing that on my other podcast, too. I know you hear me. We got links to the um, to the podcast and the show notes here as well, if I don't get tongue-tied trying to say it. But, you know, if you want to hear about my acting experiences or chats with my friends that are actors, wrestlers, you know, anything, I, there's a little bit of something for everybody. So share and support for both. Go like and subscribe. We're on all the social media platforms there too. Just help get the name out there for these podcasts and be entertained at the same time. That's what we're here for. But Jeff, before we leave everybody here tonight, is there something, is there one key important thing that all of our listeners need to do before we get to our next episode? Um... Don't forget that drugs are bad. Okay. Um, also, too, make sure you bring toilet paper next time because it seems like we're having a bodily fluid trend here. So, you know, like you and Jake making people puke and throw up. Had the yeah, had yeah. the conversation here tonight, too. Like I don't know how we got on that topic, but uh, <laughs> seriously, I feel like there's something that these people need to do before our next episode drops. Um, uh, any idea what that may be? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody needs to stay spoopy. <laughs> oh, my God. Add that, add that to the Just Jeff one-liner shirt. Jesus. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, thank you all for tuning in. And we look forward to talking to you all here again in a couple weeks. And we're going to have another awesome guest on the line for you. So until then, stay spooky. And I know you hear me. listening this week and we hope you'll tune in next time for another spectacular episode <laughs> Tales from the Haunt has been a Flynn Hendricks production